Hello everyone. Welcome to the newest episode of our podcast of CloudX. And I hope you have heard earlier podcast between me and Ritesh and Nicholas etc. And this is a newest episode in that journey. So before we talk about our topic of the day, uh, I'll just briefly introduce myself. I am Anand Deshmukh. I am head of technology and architecture at CloudX. Working with CloudX for about three years now, and working with the Systems Plus Group for about six plus years. And I have with me Harish. Harish, you would like to introduce yourself? Sure, Anand. Thank you. So, hello everyone. This is Harish. I have been in the industry for around ten years now. and almost 6 years with the systems plus group and around 3 years with cloudx so i started my journey as a developer and slowly transitioned into a full stack engineer and most recently for the past 3 years or so i've been very focused on the devops way of doing things and uh, that is also when i started my cloud journey So it's been great fun and great of learning experience so far, and uh, yeah, let's let's talk about DevOps a bit more. Over to you. Okay. Okay, great, Harish. And uh, as I think you figured it out, uh, today's topic is DevOps, and it is kind of exploding these days, <clears throat> where we are seeing like lot many projects, lot many opportunities coming in, <clears throat> but. we are also diversifying from the traditional setup to the devops more and more and uh, for the re- <clears throat> for the listeners we are as a cloudx are the experts in the devops in terms of we have achieved the aws devops competency it was uh, almost 8 to 9 months of very hard work to achieve that competency we have been working in this space for more than four years i would say and it has been a great journey so far and as arish explained uh, and he is also our resident devops expert uh, he is our go to guy he is our evangelist and uh, he brings in all the newest devops practices the trends in house so i think this would be i hope would be a, a very important conversation in terms of the overall journey that we have been pursuing on the devops so that we can give back to all the listeners on how we are approaching it and probably we are here to expect some feedbacks as well from your experience but i think we'll continue in that conversation so arish like uh, thanks for joining and uh, for the brief uh, in <coughs> for the brief uh, introduction of yours so just tell me about Uh, your journey so far because uh, i think we have been working closely for almost 6 years and uh, what i would see in you is like your transition from i think uh, hardcore java developer to now hardcore devops person so how how that journey is right uh, so yeah as you mentioned uh, i started as a java developer so uh but again you know how it is in uh, smaller companies it's never like you can stick to one technology you eventually end up playing a full stack role and that was my case also so with java i you know these are 
days which are like uh, these are back in the days when even the ui used to be standalone and java swing based so that is where i'm coming from uh so that's where i started and slowly transitioned into uh, a full stack engineer role including uh build engineer from time to time uh, automation test engineer from time to time pretty much every role that was needed in a project and that slowly morphed into other languages and other technologies so node js came into play and then we started moving to microservices uh, with the rest of the world and uh, once you are introduced to javascript you end up writing some angular code some react code building uis from the for your applications and uh, again once you are uh, get once you get to the microservices level containerization is inevitable so you get to the docker stage uh, a docker naturally progresses into kubernetes and that's that's pretty much uh, has been my journey as well so along the along this journey i was fortunate enough to uh, have enough time to learn all these really well get a few certifications here and there and really apply my expertise to the work that i do on a day to day basis uh, more recently in the last uh, few years uh, since we transitioned completely to the cloud uh, it's it's been mostly working with aws uh on all kinds of projects so whether it be server based you know easy tools and managing them or purely serverless like lambda functions and uh, creating really elaborate apis using lambda functions or somewhere in the middle which is pure containerization uh ecs cluster eks clusters so all kinds of work uh, has come my way fortunately and uh, yeah these days again i'm, I'm pretty focused on uh kubernetes workloads so i see there is a big uh demand in the market for kubernetes engineers and uh, uh inevitably as you acquire more and more clients we also end up in that uh, uh part of the market where we need to be experts in kubernetes because it's such a big deal and uh, currently that's that's where i am so we have two large projects uh which are heavily focused on eks uh running literally thousands of applications on eks and their ecosystem is so vast that uh, it's eks just is just at the center of it but there is so many tools and so many uh services being used uh auxiliary services being used it's it's like a you learn something new every single week it's so vast great great but i will take a step back because uh, i think one of the confusions usually i also have uh, sometimes when i speak with many people around is what is devops and how do we perceive devops because there is a broad differentiation in terms of what is being written in the books articles what is being practiced and how it is evolving so in your experience like uh, just tell me what is your perspective like how you perceive devops sure so most of you guys must have read the theory of devops online somewhere in a blog post or somewhere else uh 
uh, it starts by explaining to you the traditional terminology, like how developers and operations came together to make DevOps happen. The background behind it is pretty uh, logical. It makes sense. As in uh, earlier, it, it has been the way that you, the developers would bid something and throw it over to operations and take, say them, tell them to take care of it. That does not always work out. That's uh, there's a lot of back and forth and that is, there's a lot of friction involved and we don't want that because all of us are working to it together to a common goal. That is delivering a world-class application and keeping it that way, as in keeping it available, keeping it uh, accessible and it, it should be performant at all times. So in that sense, the people who actually built the applications, who actually wrote the code, must have some say in the day-to-day -day operations and day-to-day -day monitoring of the application. So it naturally makes sense for developers and operations to come together. That's where this philosophy came from. And uh, practically speaking, the way it works in, at least in my experience on a day-to-day -day basis is DevOps is more, uh, you can call it more like uh, anything and everything to do with infrastructure. So think of it this way. It's like developers write code. And once that code is ready, from, from building that code to testing that code to getting it deployed somewhere, monitoring it, maintaining it, uh, upgrading it, rollback or whatever else you need, everything else beyond development you can call it as DevOps. And that's how it is uh, working in, in, in practicality in today's world. So if we look at it step by step, someone writes code or a team writes code and they push it to their repository. And immediately uh, the first job of a DevOps engineer comes into play, whereas, to, whereas he has to uh, build a pipeline. Uh, pipelines could be as simple as just build and deploy. Uh, for smaller projects or as elaborate as build and run hundreds of unit tests, maybe some integration tests, maybe uh, deploy it to a staging environment, again, run some kind of a integration test or something like that. And eventually, even after production deployment, maybe you want to do a rolling deployment, maybe you want to do a canary test, uh, wherein you, you deploy your new code to maybe to say 10% of your users. And on top of that, you run automated tests, whether it works, if it works, you gradually uh, deploy the, a new release to the entire uh, audience of your application. So this is the pipeline journey. And uh, this, is, this would be the first step that uh, a DevOps engineer would do once uh, you start building an application. But once this is done, there is a whole suite of uh, activities to do once the application is deployed somewhere, whether it be production or staging or wherever else. So uh, if you're talking about containerized applications, uh, Kubernetes and those kinds of things, I'm pretty sure most of our uh, listeners would be familiar with uh, Prometheus and Grafana because they are the big deals, big terms in the market these days for monitoring. Uh, similarly, uh, 
it's none of this is happening in isolation uh, even if you are going to kubernetes there is an entire cloud platform which is forming the foundation for it so that's a big deal and that takes up a lot of your time and effort to manage that to create it uh in a in an optimal way so one of the things that as a devops engineer i do and most devops engineers will do is uh maintaining creating and maintaining that infrastructure in a way that is uh sustainable so it's no 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 more like uh, you go and create a click on the ui a few times and get a server ready you have to take the gitops approach which is you start by creating some kind of uh, code for your infrastructure it could be terraform it could be cloud formation it could be uh, whatever else you can think of in in that space uh and then you treat the that code as well as just as you treat your application source code it is just that important you have to version it you have to uh run it through a pipeline you have to deploy the you have to automate the deployment of it you have to uh automate the testing of it if feasible uh and so the maintenance of this entire cloud infrastructure that is founding from making the foundation of your application uh whether it be containerized or serverless or server based application that all of that this entire thing this is all in reality this in practicality this is all what a devops engineer does okay great so essentially i think uh, as you explained in the beginning uh, the blurring of ops and devs so essentially a devops engineer is a part of your scrum team he works with the hardcore developers day in and day out and hardcore developers also participate in the devops activities and the processes right so essentially you work a close knit team and then build or actually build everything from scratch your infrastructure your code your deployment pipelines your gitops so like essentially the entire responsibility of taking the application to the production lies with that scrum team am i correct that is how yes. you see it currently yes that is exactly how it is and uh, seeing this uh cooperation from the developer side they are also involved in the uh infrastructure side of things to the extent that they need to be so earlier there there have been like uh, instances where i speak to developers and they don't even know where their application is getting deployed so that used to be uh, a way of doing things a long time ago but now a developer knows very well okay this application is going to get containerized and then going to be uh, put in a deployment in a kubernetes cluster and that cluster is in aws at least this much they know and we talk about it on a daily basis devops engineers and developers and everyone else on the daily scrum calls so they are very much aware of the entire big picture and that makes them develop their uh, things in, in in much better and sometimes if uh, they are interested or if they are, have the expertise they also contribute towards the devops side of things so it's not like uh, it's not like terraform must be written or kubernetes object uh, manifest must be written by a devops engineer only the developer would know best how their application works and what it needs so things like uh, docker files 
it makes very good sense for them to write it. It just takes a bit of learning, but if they can do it, they would do it better than a DevOps engineer who has a outside in perspective on the application. Agree, agree. And how do we take care of, I think, three core principles that we've seen in the software engineering anyhow, uh, mainly your performance, your scalability, and your security. So how do we take care of that? especially in this close-knit DevOps operation and then the, from the developer and the DevOps engineer perspective? Sure. So on the performance side of things, there is a ton of monitoring involved. So I've been part of uh, projects from uh, really like very, very small scale to enterprise scale projects. So at the enterprise scale, you see uh, these uh, monitoring Aspects are so elaborate and they, they have this entire uh, ecosystem of very specific data points that they want to collect and they don't want to monitor on. So even if, a, if the response time of a single API lags by half a second, you get an alert. So whoever is on call uh, on the operations team, they get an alert, they can go investigate and these it's it's very detailed in that sense. So in from the uh, testing perspective also, if you look at performance, it, uh, once you have the foundation of an automated pipeline, you can integrate all kinds of tests into it. So performance test or some kind of, uh, maybe you want to simulate production load and see whether your application performs the way it should. Or, uh, so for example, there is this project that I'm working on these days, which is uh, dealing with massive amounts of data uh, using Kubernetes containers. So they have these uh, uh, extreme bugs, like the bugs that only show up when you are processing like 550 million records at a time, but they will not show up even at 100 million records. So yeah, those kinds of things are uh, difficult to catch, but this uh, entire DevOps philosophy and the very uh, foundation of automating everything gives us the tooling to do that, to make it feasible to monitor for those things and then go ahead and catch them. And then uh, uh, coming to scalability, there is this, uh, that is like uh, the, the one of the major reasons why we why the industry created uh, technologies like Kubernetes, because we want things to scale, and we want things to be elastic, we want things to be efficient as well. So it's not just a matter of scaling up and up till infinity. It's, it's a matter of whatever load you have at a time, you, your application scale should be proportional to it. So Correct. when your load goes down, it should scale down and we are, I think we are very fortunate to live at a time where we have such tools which make scaling so easy. Uh, before Absolutely. cloud, yeah, exactly. <laughs> before cloud in the data center days and all, there was no concept of scaling at all. It's like mm-hmm. you have hardware and that's it. Whether you're using 5% of that hardware or uh, trying to use 150%, what you have is what you have. You can't do anything with it. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> So right. in cloud, we can automate scaling at every level, right from virtual machines, uh, spinning up new virtual machines automatically to handle more load, 
to spinning up new containers to handle more load uh everything is scalable and that that works out very well in our favor mm-hmm. and right. lastly the i would say the most important point uh sort of job zero that is security that obviously cannot be uh overlooked at any point in the entire devops journey uh right from coding itself so uh, uh so in traditionally the manual aspect of coding so someone has to write or sit and write the code that has to be done uh we haven't figured out yet how to automate that <laughs> correct yes. there are no code platforms at all but i think the brute force coding is still the most efficient and the most effective because yes that's so i agree so yeah so someone sits and writes the code and then someone reviews the code that is the first uh, line of defense where you can do a security review of the code but uh, once this code leaves the bubble of the developer team uh, it comes to the devops universe and that is where we can do a lot to ensure the security of the code so for example uh one of my enterprise clients for the, the pipeline that they have it is very detailed and very elaborate and it has security checks built into all levels so the moment code comes out of the git repository it goes through a static analysis automated static analysis there are many services that provide it like uh, vera code and all uh, you can just uh, integrate them into your pipeline uh if the report of such tools is not up to the mark maybe there are too many high critical vulnerabilities something like that you fail the build and you go back to development but if that works out you go to the next stage wherein uh let's take the example of containerization so if you are containerizing something uh actually even before that if you depend on open source projects there is a whole community of uh, tools and services that uh keep an eye on open source projects and can provide uh automated security analysis of uh, all these projects and report on any vulnerability that they find in these projects in almost in real time so if you depend on open source projects you it's a must that you uh use such services in your pipeline then once you go to the next stage which is dockerization containerization uh it's very unlikely that you will be creating a container from scratch so whatever base container you use base image you use again it has to go through the standard security scan uh once you build on top of that and once your application is actually deployed to a cluster it it is still not your your security work is still not done so from the application perspective itself you have to continuously keep monitoring those containers that are currently running in your cluster uh what are they running are they uh maybe uh, look out for anomalous or malicious behavior maybe you don't expect traffic to go over a certain port maybe you don't expect a port to be open at all and still it's working still it is showing some traffic so these kinds of things obviously cannot be done manually and there is tooling available to automate these things so aws has many services in this area which you can use and uh, 
so there are like uh, services like sneak which are continuously uh, performing these uh, security vulnerability analysis on running containers in your cluster and they will send you a notification right away which uh, about if they find something so it's not like it's not like because you scanned your image in your pipeline you don't have to do it again in your running environment you have right. to because uh, whatever you have deployed that uh, at any point in time someone could discover yet another vulnerability in that uh, which will yeah which will mandate some kind of uh, update on your end but mm-hmm. in order for you to be aware that something like this even happened and, and mm-hmm. you need to take action on it there has to be uh, tooling that you need to put in place and it has to be automated otherwise mm-hmm. it, it's just not manageable mm-hmm. great i think uh, you have given us a great overview on many things uh essentially i think we still at the introductory level i think that is for our listeners like i feel we are not gone into the depth yet it is still at the more or less at the our experience level but mm-hmm. uh, harish i i suggest like we should continue this discussion in another podcast another uh, i think episode of the podcast whereby we take up the use case and we actually go in depth on how we made it a difference and what was there and how we brought in all this concept in in the practice because that would also be a very much interest to our listeners so sure sure okay so hopefully uh, all our listeners uh, you got the concept in whereby we spoke about uh, overall introduction on the devops our expertise our big projects and how we approach devops and end to end perspective but i think we'll have a lot many discussions because this is a vast topic i would say another 10 episodes at least harish we would take yeah, definitely <laughs> this is very vast yeah so hopefully you'll see a devops series in a way and we'll continue the discussion but we welcome the feedback we welcome the questions send across to us on our linkedin on our facebook page on our website and we would be happy to get back to you and this has to be uh, if we can even get on a call and discuss in depth because i am sure arish you and me we like to discuss or brainstorm on any of the ideas for a very long time what are busy we are so <laughs> yeah. i think we would invite the same to our user uh, listeners and then we continue okay so thanks thanks for your time arish uh, in your extremely busy schedule and hopefully it is useful to our listeners and uh, we meet again in the next episode uh, next month yep thank you all thanks take care bye bye bye